We want to welcome all of our listeners to the 16th episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with real operators and leaders in digital media. Today, we're hanging with Winter Mendelson, founder and CEO of Posture Media. Let's jump in and get to know Winter. Winter, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Excited to have you joining us today. For our listeners, tell us a little bit about what you're doing for work and uh, what you're up to during the day. Sure. So I'm the founder and CEO of Posture Media. And Posture Media is an independent creative studio that is comprised of women, people of color, and LGBTQ plus talent and professionals. Um, Our mission at Posture is to expand diversity in advertising and communications. That's fantastic. Tell us a little bit about you. Where where are you from? Where were you born, raised, and uh, you know where do you live now? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Georgia, um, outside of Atlanta. Um, I was born in Alpharetta, but I grew up mainly in a terrible little town called Snellville, and <laughs> <laughs> and I went to um, high school in Snellville and middle school, and then I went to college at the University of Georgia in Athens. What was it like growing up there? Oh, Georgia is Georgia's a a dark place for someone who is queer, um, or especially at that time. You know, we're talking ten plus years ago. Mm. Um, I grew up in pretty poor area too, so there was a lot of economic disparities and conflicts between different communities, and it was just. I would say definitely a challenge. I didn't feel comfortable coming out until I was a junior in college. Athens, where I went you know, to school, UGA, was definitely a really small town, but it did allow for some, some personal exploration, if you mm. will, um, which was great. But I had, yeah, I grew up with a single mom for most of my life. And so, yeah, it wasn't the easiest upbringing, but, you know, I started working actually when I was 14, and I feel like that struggle and work ethic definitely helped me get to where I am today. So, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's kind of three questions in one, but your your culture and your identity and your background, how do you feel that was shaped? By my upbringing, like in by being born in Georgia? Uh, yeah, or just in, in general. Uh, certainly there may be, you know, sort of aspects uh, where, where that could, you know, have influence, but uh, really in, in general. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, it's definitely an evolution. I came out first and I was 20 and I was I thought I was a lesbian because that was kind of the first, you know, foray. I was like, well, I'm a girl who likes girls, so I'm a lesbian. And then I started to realized that that didn't sit very well. I mean, I was attracted to trans people and trans masculine people and non-binary people. And I was like, how I can't, I'm not a lesbian if I'm attracted to people across the gender spectrum. And then as years went by, I realized that I also don't feel like a woman or, you know, a man. And I grew into a non-binary identity really seamlessly. And when I realized I was non-binary, it felt like a really big weight off of me like I Mm. really really came into my own and I became more confident with myself and that really helped me in my personal life as well as professionally with posture and really figure out how to grow the company and reflect you know the society in which we live and obviously I moved to New York in 2012 after I graduated from UGA and 
I was just really excited and lucky that there's there's a huge queer and trans community here mm. that I immediately sought out and I was really able to flourish here. So I feel incredibly lucky to live in the city. Awesome. Awesome. So I really want to uh, dig into your sort of career path and journey, right? I, and curious to know, how does someone go from a bachelor's degree in art history to uh, founding and running a media company? That's really interesting to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Art history is—it seems random, but I like to think of an art history degree as actually more of a philosophy degree, mm -hmm. um, and you really just get strategic thinking skills, and you become a very visual thinker, mm -hmm. and. I, I really thought that I was going to be on the gallery track mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I interned at galleries in Athens. And when I moved here, I interned in Chelsea. I eventually got a job in the East Village at a gallery and I realized it wasn't for me, but simultaneously working in galleries, I wanted to learn skills and mm -hmm. really see where I wanted to go career wise. And I kind of came on this crossroads of like, okay, I could pay for grad school and I could pick something or yep. I could really pay for like a certain amount of classes and really build something of my own and invest my time there. Mm -hmm. And I decided that was the, the best track for me. Um, so with Posture actually started as a publication and wow. we wow. had the similar mission. We were publishing interviews with underrepresented creatives and designers and musicians, you know, across the cultural landscape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I launch a magazine, I have to learn how to build a website. I have to learn graphic design. I have to learn how to interview people and talk to people and be more confident and tell stories and just develop a plethora of skills. And that excited me. Mm -hmm. Also moving here, I didn't know anyone. And I really thought the idea of starting a magazine and being able to have a reason to approach people that I found really, really interesting to discuss with was a great opportunity. And it really was the best decision I've ever made in my life because on the one side, I started Posture because there was nothing like it at the time, mm -hmm. 2013. All the media outlets were very binary, very focused on pop culture, didn't take an intersectional approach or approach identity in a sophisticated way mm -hmm. and I didn't see you know my community being elevated in the way that I felt they deserved so that was the one and then the other side was like I mentioned like wanting to just build myself personally and all these skills and I grew posture from just a blog to a internationally distributed print publication we do events we have a podcast we also have a membership community which is really awesome and I love connecting with our members and our members get the print magazine as well as uh, a list of benefits from our growing list of partners, um, like free studio space or discounts on all kinds of stuff. Mm. Our goal with the membership program is to support creative freelancers. And over the years, uh, the magazine took off, but you know, I think everyone knows independent media is not easy you know I, oh, yeah. I, at the time I was like what was I thinking I should have gone to, to business school I'm an idiot so you know like any entrepreneur you have to pivot and find a way to make it work if you really love it right and luckily around the time that I was like feeling a little like I don't man, I don't know how to make this thing earn money like it mm -hmm. was really hard to sell ads in a print magazine, you know, we weren't, I didn't have the funds to run 100,000 copies, right? right like right. I was self-funding it, working a day job. It was not, like it was crazy. 
And um, I was selling ads. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't millions of dollars. Yeah. You know? yeah. So around the time where I was feeling like, damn, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, but I knew I, I knew it was my passion. We started to be approached by brands to create content for them. And they were like, some brands were really interested in kind of a co-publishing situation mm -hmm, where we'd create mm -hmm. content, it would go through the publication, then they would also push it, mm -hmm. you know, and use it, use content for advertising or on socials. Then it started to become, hey, we actually just want you to create content for us. Like, we're not, you know, doesn't, we're not really interested in the magazine in this way. We're interested in the people behind the magazine. We want you all as a team working with us. Right, right. And, and I really love that because with the magazine, there are times where it felt like we were a little bit in an echo chamber. Like everyone we were talking to, really, we all agreed with each other. And I was working with like-minded people every day, creating content for bigger brands like Zappos and HBO. And we just did a campaign for Just Water. It allows us to really branch out and make an impact within companies that aren't just, you know, like-minded Millennials and Gen Zers. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, is that so. is that what excites you most about what you're doing? Sort of just branching out and helping these sort of larger companies, or something else? Yeah, no, that is absolutely the most exciting part of our growth mm -hmm. at Posture is mm -hmm. the work we're getting and the interest in Posture as well, and being able to people are coming to us saying we need help. We need more diversity in our company. We don't want to do just a one-off campaign about something you know within the diverse sphere we want diversity across the board yeah. all the time embedded in our creative teams so coming to us you know really wanting to make change within their company not mm -hmm. just talk about diversity that's what i was going to ask you do you yeah. feel it's it's genuine from a lot of companies that you you work with because there's yeah. a lot of culture jacking that goes on there's a lot of people just you know wanting to do certain things just to you know make a dollar so on and so forth and we talked a little bit about some of that when we were in Cannes. so yeah just curious you feel like a lot of the companies that approach you are are genuine about really sort of making a difference i'm not gonna lie and say that i think every company that approaches mm -hmm. us i wouldn't believe you if you did yeah <laughs> i think <Keeping> that <laughs> i think we are unfortunately faced with companies that haven't thought ahead for, you know, pride or other, you know, so, like, holidays and they come right. to us with like two weeks notice mm -hmm. and they're like, can you change my Twitter logo to a flag? Right. right. They're, yeah. Well, yeah, they're like, can you do this? <laughs> can you do something for us and make it look like we care and we don't have a big budget and we haven't thought about this. And that is something I talk about that is the worst thing a company can do mm -hmm. when it comes to being authentic is to deprioritize, you know, really big opportunities. So, yeah, it's definitely a mix. Some companies really, really care, mm -hmm. and they come to us because they're super excited about who we are, and we're dealing with a lot of marketing directors or creative directors who are in positions of power to bring on creative teams, and they themselves are in underrepresented communities and they're like, if I have this power, I want to hire underrepresented talent. So that is the most, that's the most exciting thing for me. You, you know, it's uh, it's interesting thinking about, you know, how little time you have there and everybody wants something yesterday. Right. So yeah. how do you work that in with 
uh, sort of your work life balance? Is there such a thing? Like, how do you, um, <laughs> how do you sort of make that happen? Cause you're, you're clearly busy. You're, you're, you're going a lot of different directions and, and serving a lot of different folks. How, how do you sort of balance all of that? I struggle with that a lot, and I know a lot of people do because I read a lot about it, <laughs> trying to form a strategy that works for me. It's funny you ask this because I literally just ordered an analog alarm clock for my bedroom, and oh. um, because I posted on Instagram like a couple weeks ago asking for everyone's advice, like uh -huh. how do you deal with this, like not being addicted to work because mm -hmm. I am, I am posture, which. I'm not, but in my head sometimes that we're, we're one. And yeah, um, yeah. one thing I'm implementing is my phone, you know, it goes in the office or somewhere else and I don't look at it first thing and I wake up and I work out or, you know, meditate or stretch and drink water and just try to like give myself at least an hour of me time, mm -hmm. read news um, without looking at email. I also try to spend time with my partner and we have to like really – schedule it in a week in advance be like this day is our day and we're not going to talk about posture and we're going to you know do something fun just for us um so for me it, it just takes it's really sad it just takes like looking at like one to two sometimes six weeks ahead and really making time for things that i care about and having to really commit to commit to work-life balance because it does not come naturally and so I'm hoping the alarm clock thing helps. And <laughs> Definitely keep us posted on that. Yeah, I will. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> you know, that takes a lot of work. You know, some of that's focused on you and, and, and others near you, right? How do you feel like you, you've worked with other folks to sort of mentor them in the space? Or do you have heroes or mentors that you've, you've had in the past? Uh, is that a thing? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there. I mean, at Posture, we mentor a lot of talent. Mm. So we have a small core team of 10. And then we have, a, you know, hundreds and hundreds of freelancers on our roster. And we build teams per client. So a lot of times, though, I mean, we have to stick to our mission of hiring women, you know, people of color and LGBTQ mm -hmm. talent. And they're not always the easiest to find. And we do a lot of work to scope out talent we love and bring them in and have meetings. And even when someone doesn't seem like the most obvious fit, we really believe in them and see potential. So when we're on set, and I'm really speaking in terms of content production here. So when we're on set with them, it requires a little more handholding or like patience and not being short. A lot of times production sets can be their boys clubs. They, everything moves really fast mm. because of budgets mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. people can get really run over. And that's something that's, we just have a different culture on our sets. And so mentorship is really important to us because people don't get those fancy internships and don't get those opportunities mm -hmm. a lot. And it takes these people, it takes starting as a PA, you know, or yeah a director's assistant and someone giving that chance for you to really learn. So mm -hmm. we mentor a lot of talent at Posture, which is extremely fulfilling and exciting for us. In terms of heroes, there's a lot of people. The first person that came to mind when you asked me that is Arlen Hamilton of Backstage Capital. I'm a big fan. Yeah, she's just mind-blowing to me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've read about her and I've watched a lot of her interviews and I finally went to an event of hers, an AMA, and I waited in line with, you know, a hundred other people. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to pitch posture to her. We have to work together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, long story short, 
this was at the time when Posture was still more of a magazine, and she was like not really trying to go the media route at that mm-hmm. time. But she didn't have to keep in touch with me, and she did not have to support Posture or me. You know, mm-hmm. we're not. She's not getting a benefit from it, but she basically helped me a lot, gave me a lot of great advice. She's still a sounding board. And she actually introed me to someone who became our investor this year. Oh, wow. And it was really important to her to see us succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think I really learned, like, women in the industry helping, you know, other AFAB people come up is just, like, it's huge. And that's what it takes. So right now I, like, I'm obsessed with her Twitter. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her in general. So she's definitely someone and. People listening might not be familiar, but yeah, Backstage please. Capital yeah. is a venture fund that invests in minorities and underrepresented entrepreneurs. And Arlen went from homeless to really building this huge company, and it took a long time, and it took people not believing in her, and she did it anyway. And like through perseverance and sheer will, and like sleeping in cars and hotels, and she's just like incredible definitely check out backstage capital and yeah they have a podcast as well too so yeah yeah, yeah they have a podcast it's called your first million yep. i believe mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and um, right. actually posture helped write the pitch for that oh um when she was get- <laughs> seeking sponsors so that's exciting and yeah so she's my hero well i was gonna ask you where you draw inspiration from but it seems like arlen is one of those places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah arlen is it I- Every day, I'm like, what's Arlen up to? I know she, if she ever listens to this, she's going to think I'm, like, creepy. But I'm just like, she, she gives me hope, so. <laughs> so you just talked a little bit about how you mentor others, especially uh, within the posture media uh, family community, right? For anyone that's coming into the space, what, what advice would you have for them? Coming into? Just media space in general. Well... We are moving really more into advertising, Mm -hmm. marketing, communications. I think advice is definitely find companies that you love and admire and respect Mm -hmm. and um, really embody a culture that is, you know, the right fit for you. And don't be shy about emailing and email your resume and follow up. And it takes a lot. It takes aggression to stand out. Mm -hmm. Aggression in a, you know, professional (laughs) way. But... I really think just being persistent and making yourself known. And But when you do reach out, I will say make sure that you're coming with a professional email and you know your work attached and what you want to bring to the company and how you can really make an impact in that company. But yeah, that's the one thing is make sure not to just blindly email a bunch of people, but yeah. really personalize who you want to work with and make an effort. Gotcha. Okay. Now a little uh, fun question about your your phone, and I know you said you like to put it away at night, but uh, <laughs> give us outside of email and calendar, what are the top three apps on your phone that you use? It's gonna probably just feel really like nerdy or lame, but I mean Slack. <laughs> I live in Slack. I uh, feel yeah, like we all are raising <laughs> our hands, <laughs> and, and we like nerdy. Slack and lame. And a, yeah, <laughs> Slack and Asana are my are my best friends. I'll raise my hand to Asana. <laughs> I love Asana. It helps me, you know, stay sane. And probably the New York Times app. I'm on that a lot. I read a lot of news, which depresses me, but I do it anyway. Those so those are three really big ones. And of course, like the Notes app. Again, really yes. nerdy and lame, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever uh, helps get you through the day yeah. <laughs> and be productive. Oh, and CoStar because queers are obsessed with astrology. 
So, okay. yeah, right. you should check it out. All right. Co-star. Co-star. All right. Cool. We'll do. Well, Winter, thanks for joining us today. We know you're open to the discussion continuing. Where can our listeners talk, connect, or follow you? Yeah, so we're on Instagram at Posture Media, the same username for Twitter at Posture Media. And um, you can visit our website, posturemedia.com, and shoot us an email. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Facebook, and on SoundCloud at Minority Report Podcast, or even on iTunes. Thanks a lot. <laughs>